Will Mauricio Dubon can't do it all. Jose Altuve returned to the lineup, but the Astros could only muster five hits. Dubon had three of those five. We'll talk about this and how they did not support Blanco in this start. Let's talk about on tonight's Locked on Astros. Alvarez, it's a high drive center field. Veer leans back. This game has turned upside down. There's the runner. Fly ball down the right field line. Tucker comes on. Kyle Tucker. This time they finish the job. Hello and welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked On Houston Astros and we update you joins for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter, Eric Talkstros. You can find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. Brett, where can you find you at? They can find me at HM Wheelhouse on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. They can find me at Strohs411 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Strohs. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB. And when you enter your promo code LOCKEDONMLB, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. And guys, thank you for making Locked on Astros podcast your first listen every day, whether it's on YouTube, go and subscribe to us, become a everyday or somebody that listens to our podcast every day. And we appreciate everybody that comments in the chat uh, while you're watching it live and saying that you're everyday or we do see you. We do appreciate you and go and make us your first listen on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, go and check us out. So good news is Jose Altuve returned to the lineup. Bad news is, well, it depends on how you look at it. He's not leading off. This is first time. Well, how long has it been since he's done it? We'll talk about that. The Astros lost uh, their second game in a row. Uh, they've been outpitched in the last two games. We'll talk about how bad. And is Alvarez on pace to get 160 RBIs? Maybe. And how long are the Astros going to stick to a six-man rotation? And uh, did uh, Dana Brown say that we're going to be seeing a lot more of Yiner Diaz in, uh, in the future. So that's some of the topics on today's episode. So, Brett, uh, this was a very discouraging game. I know yesterday the Astros only got one solo home run. In today's game, the Astros got the two-run homer from um, Alvarez. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. But the last two pitchers the Astros have faced have been pretty good, right? Yeah, they've been pretty good. And they completely wasted their young pitchers' outings. They came out and did a solid job. You know, Blanco goes out and doesn't even really give up that much damage on the scoreboard. You know, you come out in in the first game of this series and you pounce on them and get 11 runs in that first game. And then the next two games, you basically come out and score three runs in the next two games. You know, um, Belak got the, you know, he got the win. And then you had Hunter Brown. You wasted his start. He only gave a couple home runs. And then you waste a pretty good outing by Ronel Blanco. Now, um, one of the things that did hurt them were the walks. I know they did. Uh, uh, Blanco did get charged um, a pitch clock violation um, walk, and that put a player on. And that's actually was in the seventh inning, and that's what led. I'm sorry, that was Hector Neres got the pitch clock violation in the seventh. That's where things you could say fell apart but not necessarily it was only the one run they gave up um 
when Jordan hit that home run, um, even going back to Dubon jumping on Bassett early, you're like, okay, if they can figure out how to jump on him early where he's not comfortable, then you can take care of business. Bassett, I think last time threw a shutout against him in six and a third or six and two thirds innings, but the Astros can still win the season series tomorrow. They'll win four to three if they if Framber comes out and deals and the offense decides to show up. But it has been somewhat of an inconsistent offense. You know, your your guys that have not been contributing all year are still really not contributing. Um, Abreu was one for three today. He kind of had a lucky hit. The ball hit off of Bassett's glove where he got a kind of a cheap single. But outside of Alvarez's home run and Dubon's three hits, everybody else was a zero at the plate. You had a tall order and Greg Kessinger starting against Chris Bassett, a very tough pitcher to face in your first major league game. You know, I would have liked to see him go up against Berrios, who's not having a great year. Who's five and four this season, a little bit higher ERA 366. That's but I'm not dusty. Though. Yeah, I'm just saying Berrios to me might be the more optimal guy, but I'm not dusty. I don't make the lineup, but it was good for Bregman to get the rest day. So this is one of those games where, look, um, you had it, but you didn't do enough to keep it. And the offense has got to find some answers to their inconsistency because it is glaring. Despite Yanner Diaz being in the lineup, the Astros weren't winners today. Yeah, and uh, you had Blanco. He pitched okay. He pitched uh, six innings, three hits allowed, two runs allowed on the home runs. He did walk four batters, five strikeouts. His ERA is now 3.86 on the season. So this is literally his second MLB start. So you have to like what you see from him. The walks are a little bit of alarming, uh, to be honest. But uh, I know in his last three starts in uh, AAA, I think in 13 innings, he had like 20 strikeouts. So the strikeouts are going to come. But what I, we saw today was a pitcher zone, sorry, a hitter zone. And you saw a lot of strikes, uh, balls that could have been called strikes, but uh, it was going on both sides. But it just it felt like he was kind of nibbling a little bit too much today. And some of the calls that may have been normally called, they, they just weren't. Um, getting called and you saw the home runs getting um, getting uh, hit off the his sliders today and so his sliders were pretty effective his change-ups are uh, looking pretty good so he's definitely got the stuff overall well he's got the stuff but so his his sliders though typically have a more downward motion a downward movement tonight they were moving side to side and that was the problem they were flat they were not they were not diving in the dirt the way they normally do Pitch shape is a big thing with the pitcher. And so when that when right. that movement is not going top to bottom, when it's going east to west, that's when the that's when the baseball is hittable because the ball's coming in on a flat plane and it's a lot easier, obviously, to barrel up and square that up on the bat. So the Houston Astros just saw Blanco make some mistake pitches. I don't necessarily think it was Yanner Diaz's fault. I don't think if Maldonado would have been in there, it would have been any different. Um, the delivery of the pitch is up to the pitcher. Um, the calling of the pitch is up to the game plan and the catcher, right? right. But delivering the pitch and that pitch shape is really, really important. Um, if you look at the, I mean, that was amazing. Jordan Alvarez's home run because, dude, that ball was so far inside the plate and had such great movement. And it was like his bat was meant for that ball. <laughs> I mean, it just met it so it looked like CGI. It was. It almost looked fake. Like I put up the high resolution replay 
um, on my Twitter account. And I watched it several times going, this just does not look real. Right. Um, so he, he attacked that. And when Blanco's not getting that pitch shape over, it, you're going to be vulnerable against the lineup that even with a pinch hitter in Toronto, these guys know how to hit. Well, what sucked today was the fact that uh, Chris Bassett in eight innings had through 81 pitches. So he, he very much could have gone out there and thrown a complete game. And in today's day of age where the complete game is kind of going bye-bye, uh, you would think that they would have done that, but they, they knew the heart of the Astros lineup was coming up and they wanted to bring in Jordan Romano, their closer, just to make sure they got the job done. And, uh, but it would have been well, Jordan's hit four home runs against Bassett too. Yeah. So that's, that's another thing. Right. So that's another thing to kind of look at. So it just, I, it's frustrating, especially how, um, I mean, the pitching is doing enough to get the job done, but it's just the offense has been shut down. I know uh, yesterday, what, 13 strikeouts and um, by the starter than today. I mean, it wasn't a lot of strikeouts, but it was more just um, making weak contact and uh, just a lot of stuff going on. But um, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about um, Altuve not leading off in a second. Uh, That's something that I wonder if this is going to carry over. And then Alvarez, uh, does he have a chance to go ahead and – maybe get 160 RBI. So we'll talk about that in a second. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. That's right. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing that Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts. They are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. The Bird Dogs fix the issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Basically, when you wear bird dogs, they're going to say, you don't skip leg day, do you? No, I don't. Why? Because the bird dogs make you look that good. If if it were me and I'm wearing my bird dogs, whether I'm going out on a date, whether I'm going to a business meeting, whether it's a retreat, I'm wearing my bird dogs because they're comfortable they have breathable fabric. If you use a promo code locked on MLB, you'll get a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off once you put them on. So go grab some today. And don't forget that the Astros play the Blue Jays again to wrap up the season series and hopefully with Framber Valdez on the mound against Barrios. They can get the series victory Thursday night, 6.07 p.m. Catch every pitch. The Astros hometown broadcast on the Sirius XM, um, on Sirius XM with the SXM app, Search Astros. Check them out tomorrow night. All right. So I know a lot of people are talking about Jose Altuve not leading off. This is actually the first time since 2021 that he did not uh, lead off in a game that he started. And Dusty Baker had a reason. And uh, this is what he said. I might do that for a while until I see Jose Altuve himself. He he didn't want to put any pressure on him. He knew he's coming back off the oblique injury. And we know Altuve is the guy that likes to go out there, be Superman, and try to uh, just do everything. But maybe he just wanted to take some of the pressure off of him. And you have somebody like Dubon that's been doing pretty good hitting leadoff. Uh, he's We saw him with three hits today. So uh, D- Dusty Baker decided to go with a hot hand and give Altuve some time to 
uh, just get better. And I, I'm going to go ahead and do this because I really like this quote. Thoughts by Dusty. Pound for pound, he's one of the strongest people in the game. That's why I call him Mighty Mouse. He took exception to that because he didn't knew, know who Mighty what was. I said that's a huge compliment because Mighty Mouse was taking those cats and he was punching them out. Mighty's a bad dude. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dusty Baker on the history of Mighty Mouse. He's like, let's go to YouTube and watch the Mighty Mouse cartoon. That was actually a great cartoon. That was one of my favorites growing up. One of the things I love that I heard on the broadcast was when when they asked Jose Altuve about what he thought about Mauricio Dubon. He said he's filled in well, and he said, I actually wrote him in on my all-star ballot um, to right. go to the all-star game. So Jose Altuve really is, I mean, he is your ultimate humble warrior. This This kid deserves all the praise and all the credit, but yet when someone steps in his job when he's not able to do it, He's full of compliments, and he's your ultimate team guy. Let's see. Garcia says, three hits by Dubon isn't going to help the Astros win. Everyone has to hit. Well, yeah, that's that's what I said in the intro. Like, Dubon can't do it all. Um, Dubon was obviously seeing the ball well. He he attacked Bassett early, and he I actually thought he hit a home run there yeah. when he got the double there in the, in the, ninth, it, inning. the ninth inning. Yeah. And then you would have liked to, everybody's like, well, why didn't Altuve bunt um, to move him over? Well, Jose doesn't really bunt a lot. And Jose hit the ball. If he hits the ball about four or five feet further to the right or the left, that ball's in the outfield and Dubon easily scores from second. So you don't take the bat out of Altuve's hands to get to another guy. Um, I really thought that we would be able to get Romano because we've gotten him before. He's He's been vulnerable and susceptible to giving up runs against the Astros, but that just wasn't the deal. And when you only score two runs in the fourth inning, there's not a whole lot you can do. Look, we ran into two buzzsaws. We ran into Bassett and we ran into Gosman, and they just got the better of us. Tomorrow we have our buzzsaw for Amber Valdez. I think he's a perfect guy to finish up this series and get us out of the season series up four to three overall. So Mauricio Dubon's double, it would have been a home run in seven out of 30 ballparks. It had a launch angle of 23 degrees. It was exit velocity of 99.1, and it went a total distance of 369 feet. It just was not high enough. It had expected batting average of 440. So um, it was a great hit, and you would, I mean, uh, I think, who was it? Um, Kiermaier made a great catch. On- yeah, he's yeah, he has the highest outs above average of right. any outfielder right now. So yeah, that was a great catch. I that it. looked like that was going to drop, and out, um, and then Tucker um, he struck out right or something that happened to Tucker. I was like, so yeah, good. yeah. So so, so get this. Yeah, um, you mentioned Alvarez, and we got here. Will he get to 160 RBIs? The ball that he hit out of the ballpark, it looked like it was 200 miles an hour off the bat. It was actually weak contact for Alvarez. It was only 97.7 miles an hour. But even when he does it, you know, it was funny. I think I think Jeff Blum said he didn't even contact the ball solidly for Jordan standards. I mean, he hit it a pedestrian 97.7, but 55 RBI in 56 games played. He leads the majors. Eric, I think 160 RBI is very obtainable for Jordan Alvarez. He's basically averaging an RBI a game. And I'm looking at some of his stats um, for the year. Like his barrel percentage is 18.6. 
And of course, the person with the high, higher barrel percentage is Aaron Judge, 30.4. If you're looking at the average exit velocity, Aaron Judge is 97.2. And if you look, uh, Alvarez is down there, number eight with 93.4. And if you look at the ex-WOBA, uh, you have him at fifth with uh, 420. Aaron Judge is at 476. So a lot of people are saying, well, Alvarez probably should win the um, MVP. Yeah, he's going to get some votes, but um, he may have the most RBIs and everything. But I think a lot of people look at what's going on with the OPS and uh, home runs overall. And so I think that what he needs to do is just continue doing what he's doing. But they need to get some more help from just Mighty Mouse and Mighty Mouse's <laughs> leadoff a helper and um, just got to get Tucker more consistent. And you got to get this whole offense more consistent, Eric. I mean, everybody's got to hit. I mean, Myers wasn't in there. McCormick was in there. Um, Myers, you know, it's funny. Someone actually said, do y'all realize that Myers actually has a stronger arm than McCormick? And I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go. But it's, it's interesting. Um, all the people that talk about Diaz or Maldi, if Diaz was in there, we'd have more powerful offense. Well, look, everybody's got a hit and you're going to run into pitchers that are very good at what they do. And when that happens, um, you can't have walks. I, I think those, those, those three walks were key. Nary's ended his scoreless inning streak. It was actually currently the second longest from what I understand. Someone moved ahead of him. I don't know who it was, but it was his longest of the season. And he just ran into some bad luck there. Um, we had we had a few pitch clock violations in this yeah. game. And this was weird. Uh, yeah, so I believe the batter has to call timeout before the seven-second mark. And I don't think he did or he thought he did. There seems to be a lot of ambiguity with hitters and pitchers. And they really need to clean that up during the all-star break. Like they need to get together in conference about that crap because I, that, that is the stupidest thing striking a guy out. It's basically giving the pitcher something that he obviously did not earn, or right. it's giving the hitter something he obviously did not earn and giving him the base. I just, I don't like how it alters um, and at bat like that. So, so drastically, because in, in this game, it didn't necessarily, well, yeah, it actually did have an effect on the game. Right. Um, but then again, you can say, well, the Astros should have hit more. They shouldn't be in that situation. So I just, I still don't, I, I hate the pitch clock. I think it's way too short. I think it needs to be longer and yeah, shorter games are great, but whatever. Well, uh, this was an explanation in the Houston Chronicle. After fouling off the pitch on a full count, it took the Astros' first baseman a little while to get back in the box. He likely was in a hurry because Bassett was on the, wasn't on the rubber yet. Bassett stepped off the mound and didn't return to dirt until there was like 11 seconds left on the pitch clock. He stepped onto the rubber at the seven-second mark. And so that, by that time, it was too late for Abreu to basically engage with the pitcher. And so... The pitcher doesn't have to be ready. Just a batter has to be ready see, at eight seconds. That doesn't make see that to me is not right. Why, yeah. why does the batter have to? So the batter has to be in the box looking at the pitcher while the pitcher's meandering around. Yeah. That that that's yeah. a stupid rule. Rob Manfred, get your head out of your ear end. That's a dumb rule. Just like the ghost runner. These are stupid rules that don't do anything for baseball but make it dumb. I mean, I'm sorry. I hate these new rules. I, I really do. I hate them. 
Yeah, Bassett um, kind of shrugged his shoulders after that call and basically mouthed, there's no time. And and then uh, Bray, you kind of didn't argue that the call. And uh, I mean, it, that then, I don't think that's a big thing, but what really hurt was the leadoff batter that Hector Neris walked on a pitch clock um, violation yeah. there. And that guy ended up coming around uh, score. I, because I he called time. Yeah. And then the umpire said, oh, no, you didn't call time. It's like, yeah, I called time. And that's yes. how he got to the base. And then uh, once his name, Alejandro Kurt, was it Alejandro Kurt came in um, and yeah. got the got the RBI? Yeah, yeah. whatever. What a, what a cheap way to win. So um, uh, in a second, we're going to talk about the six-man rotation. Uh, how long is this going to go? And are we going to be seeing a lot more Yiner Diaz coming up? Dana Brown did address this, but man, I'm sure hungry and I, I'm sure would like to find a great place to go watch some Astros baseball. Brett, where can we go? You can go to Hooters. That's right. Hooters in the Houston area. Let me tell you where you can find them. Webster, Seabrook, Pasadena, Pearland, three different in the city of Houston locations, Baytown, Galveston, Stafford, Humble, Katy, and Sugarland. That's right. I just named pretty much everywhere in Houston. They have TVs everywhere at every location. If you're looking for Great brew, great wings, and the world-famous Hooters Girls. This is your place. Come hang out with us and come check it out. Now, let me tell you about some special Sugarland. Um, Hooters Sugarland is hosting a golf tournament called a Give a Hoot Charity Golf Tournament, benefiting the V Foundation to help aid in the fight against breast cancer. The tournament is June 15th. Go to Sugarland to sign up. Then if you, you can join Hooters Pearland with a three-on-three basketball tournament on June 24th, join your buddies and head to Hooters Pearland to sign up. Who's ready for a good time? Hooters has happy hour Monday through Friday, 2 to 7 and 10 p.m. to close. Join us anytime for $3 Blue Moon drafts or $9.99 Michelob Ultra pitchers. No matter the occasion, Hooters is ready to make you happy. And the Astros play the Blue Jays on Thursday night, 6.07 Central Standard Time. Catch every pitch of the Houston Astros home broadcast. Sparky and Ford got the call with SiriusXM on the SXM at Search Astros. All right, so I know that a lot of people are interested in how long the Astros six-man rotation is going to last. I think with the fact that we have no idea what's going on with Lance McCullers, we don't know if he's going to pitch this season, when he's going to return. We know that Luis Garcia was just transferred to the 60-day IL. I mean, I mean, we already knew he's going to be out for the rest of the season, but uh, it looks like Jose Arquiti is probably going to come back sometime around the All-Star break. Mm-hmm. But what the Astros are going to do now that J.P. France, Brandon Belak, and Ronel Blanco have been pitching relatively well. They've oh. been uh, – even though with this loss today, they've been kind of keeping it in a mid threes ERA and just keeping them in the games. And this was a Dana Brown set. It's always about, uh, it's always trying to get creative with uh, starter depth. I've said it multiple times last year, you had guy, you had the six man rotation. Your guys were fresh at the end. The vision wants to try to get that six man rotation going again. So we can give guys a little bit of breather keep them strong throughout the year. So they don't have an off day until the 12th, which is followed by another stretch of nine games in nine days. So uh, basically what they're going to probably do is keep the six-man rotation going um, unless they want to maybe move from Rivaldez up so he's not, especially with that day off, 
maybe that way he's not too much on too much of a longer rest, so to speak. But um, I think you're going to see the six man rotation stick around for a little bit oh, longer yeah. because well, I mean, keep them fresh. Yeah. No, I mean, you have to, and you have to keep giving these guys starts. They're doing a great job. JP France is looking phenomenal. Eight strikeouts in two different games. Ronel Blanco had some control issues early, but he settled down. He figured it out. The bottom line is it's up to the offense to support these young pitchers. Or when you're, when your eight and nine guys are out there dealing, Belak is out there dealing. You right. got to give them run support. That's what they did on the first game when Belak was on the mound. I mean, they gave him six runs. They gave him a six spot. So, you know, Belak was that's easy for a pitcher like. And Belak's a lot more veteran, has a lot more experience than both JP France and Ronel Blanco. Um, you know, Ronel Blanco, it's only like a second major league start, but he's played in like twenty plus major league games. So. He's not new to the majors. He's new to this role. He doesn't look uncomfortable to me. He doesn't look unsettled. And I think whether it's Martin Maldonado or Yanner Diaz behind the plate, I don't necessarily know that that really matters as much as people make it think it matters. Now, I love the fact that Diaz gunned down Kevin Bijou at second base. That was an mm-hmm. absolute laser. The kid's got an arm. Look, he's got an arm. You had mentioned it earlier. Dana said he's going to be getting in more games. He needs to be in more games. And I've always said all along that as much as I love Martin Maldonado, and I know he's the captain of this team, he's the leader of this of this clubhouse. Nobody speaks unless Maldi first speaks. Notice this, the dynamic of the pitching staff, whether it's a young pitcher or a veteran. When they go to the meeting of the mound, when they have the pitching coach Miller come out, who does all the talking? It's usually Maldonado. And Miller kind of is like, okay, what's going on? And Maldonado kind of debriefs the situation. So, Eric, I think we've got the right guys. I do think, though, that come trade deadline, that this is showing us that we definitely need to go after an arm. I talked to someone in the media and I asked them, like, what's the temperature of the Astros going out and trading for like another starter? And his words were to me, from the people I talked to, the trade market hasn't matured enough. In other words, we're not far enough, close enough to the trade deadline to really gauge who is actually out there right. and who the buyers are because the buyer market's going to be really, really big. So people that are speculating Bieber and some other guys, that's just speculation. There's the, there's no concrete evidence showing that they're going to lean one way or another because the Indians in a month, I'm sorry, the Guardians in a month may, may find themselves right in the thick of it or back in first place. So just wait and see on that. The six-man rotation works like you stated. I think it's a good thing. And they're doing a darn good job at it. Yeah. So uh, I know Dan Brown mentioned about Diaz. He says, I like when he's in the lineup. I like what he brings to the table. I like that he has uh, power. His OPS is climbing. Ultimately, I like to see him in the lineup more. But Dusty is running the team. He's the manager. And it's his job, ultimately, to find a place for him to get in the lineup. I think he'll do that. I think it's a matter of the dog days of August, the middle of July. He can get some more time. And so um, he said that, but you uh, know what? I'm not in Dusty's shoes. I'm not riding the lineup. It's his job and it's his call. I think he played him enough that he gets some good at bats. But once he started playing a little bit more, I think he's uh, cleaning up the approach a little bit and OPS is on a rise. So uh, I think that you're going to see him play a little bit more first base, more catching. Like you said, he had his seventh uh, caught stealing of the season. Also, he's going to, he could play some DH as well. And I'll give you my closing thoughts on this to wrap the show up. 
remember, this is Dana Brown's first year with the Houston Astros. And in this first season, he's still getting to know the club. So he's not going to have as much leeway or decision-making power until he's been here like a year. Like right. he, he's not going to go out and draft a Spencer Strider. We don't have that draft position. Um, I have something to kind of tease y'all about for the next show. Oh, um, okay. Ken Rosenthal wrote in the athletic that the Royals are looking to trade a role Chapman with two packages. Either you go ahead and give up some uh, prospects or you're going to trade for Chapman and take on some salary. Hmm. And, and I guess the, um, the feel is that uh, you may take, uh, have to take Scott Barlow. Uh, he's uh, earning 5.3 million for the, uh, this season. There's also some feeling across baseball that if uh, whoever gets Chapman may ultimately be able to take a Salvador Perez as well, because uh, he's got a hefty salary. The team that's going to take that on, they're not going to want to pay the full contract and give up some top prospects. So I think that could be a way that the Royals could get out from paying that contract. So close this out. No, yeah, it's been a great show. You know, look, the Astros fall, but they have a chance to come back tomorrow with Framber Valdez on the bump to take the series four games to three this season series i'm h town wellhouse he is eric heisman we are the locked on astros podcast we thank you for being an everydayer check us out on apple google or spotify make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel and if you ever wonder what's going on in the astros world check us out listen to past episodes go listen to my great kessinger interview i got some more interviews coming up here pretty soon like always go strows go strows and diaz is a cannon